0: welcome to the dope black woman podcast the podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe
1: digital sisterhood i'm leanne levos i'm rishan You can call me sean i'm lives
0: hey everybody
2: hey how's it going hey mind? You know, we're surviving, we're out here, we're surviving. What
0: week are we in now? I don't even know.
2: 55. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows, man? I think 10, maybe. Oh,
0: God, okay. It doesn't actually feel... When people tell me how long it's been, it never feels as long as they say it is, even though it feels long. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, within the context of COVID and lockdown and anything... And everything else. I'm sure everybody's spending a lot more time in closed, uh, in close proximity to people that they're that they love, whether it's parents or siblings, really good friends, housemates, relationships. Um, and so you're spending a lot more time with people, and there's probably more likelihood that people are going to get involved in not altercations but disagreements or fights maybe sometimes physical, I don't know. Um, But so this week we want to talk about how we're all navigating those relationships and how we navigate forgiveness generally. So it's really interesting that we're talking about this because I've been reading this book, which I think everybody should read called The Forgiveness Project, um, that talks about how to forgive, if you should forgive, all this kind of stuff. And I'm really interested to hear do you guys find it easy to forgive people generally or is it like, a, or is it something that you find difficult to do?
2: I think I'm someone who doesn't like conflict. And so I will say I forgive someone, but I might not necessarily in my heart. <laughs> so, <laughs> But how, how do you know?
1: Because what if you've forgiven them but you haven't forgotten? Because I feel like not, like if you could forgive someone and then you still thinking about it, and it does it mean you haven't forgiven them, you haven't forgot it. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: But, I guess um, do you mean like point. that? Or do you mean like you, you're just saying it, but you actually d- haven't forgiven them? Well, I guess that's a um, good point. What
0: do you guys think is, what do you guys define as forgiveness?
2: I think forgiveness is that you are able to make peace with this. Um, and it's not something that you feel like you said everything you need to say on the issue. And I feel like I don't always do that. Sometimes I'm like, oh, do you know what? It's not worth the beef, or it's not worth the drama. Um, so I don't know. I don't think I think that's different from forget. Uh, don't forget. Um, because it it's not. No, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's like you you are. I feel like that's different though, because I feel like you're
1: talking about closure. Because when you're saying like, if like you have an argument with your friend and you can't bother to deal with the argument, and and then you decide to move on, and then you don't get to. If you have an argument with let me start again if you have an argument with your friend and then you think like you know what it's been a long time and let me just leave it I can't bother to dive into it you can still you might have still forgiven them for that argument but you might not have got off, got off your chest certain things you wanted to get off do you get know what I mean but I, it's like that argument that you had you didn't have p- proper closure on I do but then is that forgiveness but I, I think you I, I think it depends how you define it so I can't say I'm going to forgive someone and then Keep bringing whatever the issue was up, or the the thing's gonna keep being on my head. Then I haven't forgiven them. Do you get what I mean? So I'm someone I find it really easy that like if someone does something wrong, to be like, okay, someone made a mistake. They're an adult. We can move on and let's just leave it at like that. But then I also am someone who likes to have that closure where we talk things talk things through, so we can gain an understanding on it because then it normally minimizes or um reduces it happening again. Do you get what I mean? But for me, if I'm gonna forgive someone, I can't. Or someone's gonna forgive me, they can't bring it back up. So, if we had an argument, let's say two years ago, you can't today be bringing it up in this chat. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm showing this like what? How? How? When you forgive someone, you put something to bed. To bed, like you bury it. Like that. That is the end of it. And I feel like some for some people, they can't forgive someone until they've had that closure, or they can't forgive someone until they've seen like change or some sort of reward I guess it depends on what they've forgiven them for
0: so there's actually this really interesting quote and I don't I think the idea is that maybe we all find forgiveness in different ways but there's this really interesting quote which I think kind of sums up what both Shan and Liz are saying and it says to forgive in my view is the best form of self-interest the process process of forgiving does not exclude hatred or anger these emotions are all parts of being human When I speak of forgiveness, I speak of the ability to let go of the right to revenge and the right to let go of hoping that things will be any different from what they are. So I think for me, the way I've tried to navigate forgiveness moving forward in my own life is like, I know I've forgiven somebody when I accept things the way they are and I no longer wish that we could go back and change the past or... Right. Um, try and keep rehashing the past as if to get some sort of different outcome. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you make up with the person, like Chan said. It might mean that you both agree that actually you're parting ways and you'll never speak again, and that's just kind of... But that doesn't mean that you haven't let go of the situation, which I think is different from what Liz is saying, whereas sometimes you, I think what you're saying is that sometimes you feel like you want to say more, but you don't because you just don't want to go through the process of the arguments,
2: right? Yeah, I think I've definitely got better as I've got older. But um growing up, um, and even in the last few years, I was definitely someone who was more who found it easier to apologize, who found it easier to say, Oh, I'm sorry, even if I felt like I it. still had a point to make or um still feel like I had an argument to have but just didn't want the conflict. And so Well that's mature. I mean it is mature, but it's also um, it also can be very damaging because you end up being someone who... Who's, like, silencing yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess it depends on the scenario. Because I yeah. feel like, with what you're saying, that's something that I I need to, with a particular person, practice. Do you get what I mean? Mm. So, like, even if you know you're in the right, or if even if you know that person's wrong, just not saying something back, that's something that needs to be in practice. But then I think... What you're, what you're saying about... It's interesting that you say that sometimes it's damaging because that's the reason why I, I struggle sometimes to do it because you do feel like you're being silenced. Do you get what I mean? And no-one deserves to feel like that. Because, because most of the time, if you're being silent, it's because of, like, a barrier of communication between you and that person. Because I'm sure, I'm sure you don't have that issue with everybody do you get what I mean? There might be a select few people that you have that with and it might be because that person lacks accountability. So therefore you are going to feel exhausted to have these conversations because it's not going to get anywhere. Mm. Or that person someone who's always going to avoid what you're saying. Like there's some people that will actually, you would tell them, the sky's blue, yeah? And have the mathematics, the scientists, the God, the Bible, everything <laughs> that tells you the sky's blue. But because they don't like seeing you be in the right, they'll say that the sky's black. There's some people that are like that. And I think when you notice, when you find those people, you have to your approach that you're saying is so much more better for your own psyche because otherwise you end up fighting this brick wall, fighting this brick wall of someone who, even if they know deep down that the sky is blue, they're still going to tell you it's black.
0: I guess which feeling
1: is worse?
2: Um, I think with my experience, it's less been about um, individuals, but it's more been about, um, I've been reading a lot recently about attachment styles um Mm. and in relationships your attachment style and I'm definitely an anxious I definitely have an an anxious attachment style and being someone who over apologizes is definitely um kind of a key characteristic of anxious person because you always Mm. you kind of you're more likely to doubt yourself and you're more likely to um what's the right words I'm thinking of but you get what I'm saying. Um, you're more yeah. likely to want to be like, oh, I, I think I must be in the wrong in this situation. And you're more likely to mm. apologise. And sometimes I've been in situations where the person's been like, you know, you don't need to actually apologise. Like you can acknowledge what's wrong here without saying I'm sorry. But I sometimes I feel such a need to apologise. Um, so I think that in turn can have a complicated relationship with forgiveness when you always feel like you're the one that's wrong, even when you're not. Mm.
0: Sorry, just to go back, are there are different forms of attachment styles. Do you know what, like, can you explain a little bit what attachment styles are just...
2: Yeah, so an attachment style is um, basically how you approach relationships in general. Um, So it could be romantic, it could be friendship. And there are three main ones. Um, Secure attachment style, which means, you know, you find it easy to get close to people. You don't fear that people will run away. You don't fear um, that things go terribly wrong. Like you have a healthy relationship with those around you, Mm. which is a very small percentage of the population (laughs) (laughs) Um, and the other two main ones are anxious and avoidant so anxious avoid uh, anxious attachment styles are people who um often have grown up in complicated households or have complicated relationships with their parents they may have not always seen um affection growing up they kind of yearn to be accepted they they need um reassurance and then avoidant attachment styles are people who find it difficult to get close to others they kind of think of themselves as a one-man band they shouldn't rely on others um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and that, um, they find it difficult to be vulnerable and emotionally available so I think what usually happens is that um, anxious of anxious attachment style individuals are more likely to apologize and avoidance are more likely to find it difficult to forgive because mm. they're more likely to hold on to resentment
0: that's interesting I think If I think about it in that context, I may be avoidant because I as much as I preach and advocate people to forgive, I also find it extremely difficult to forgive. And more from the perspective of what Shan was saying, in the sense that I might still maintain a relationship with that person, but I'm never gonna forget what they give for what what they did, sorry, and it will be hard for me to return to the same intensity of the relationship moving forward like I'll never be able to get as close to the person as um as I was before but obviously
1: all of this is think, mm, go ahead Sharon sorry I was inside. to say I just think it's hard though because I feel like I there's, there's definitely been scenarios where in the moment I felt like oh I can't forgive this person you know what actually I wasn't gonna I wasn't even thinking of this but I'll use my dad as an example yeah and this is kind of deep but let me learn yeah <laughs> so like two years ago it might be more, but I think it's roughly two years ago. I couldn't have cared if he was dead or alive. Like, I didn't have any care about his well-being. And it's not that I wished him to be dead, because obviously I didn't, but I just didn't, I just didn't care because I was so exhausted from our relationship. I was so drained from our, like, felt like I was being talked to a brick wall or I felt like he, there was such a lack of understanding on both ends of how we viewed each other, what our personalities were like. Do you get what I mean? So it was like, time and time again, I'd forgive him when something would go wrong or he would let me down. I would keep forgiving him, keep forgiving him, keep forgiving him. And then what would happen is it would keep happening again or, and uh, there was just no change. And even if I tried to talk to him, I just felt like I was talking to him a bit raw. But if you fast forward till now, my dad's like my best friend. And even like, you guys know how much I talk about my mum all the time. My dad's on par now with my mum in terms of how close I am to him. And I could have been at that time. I could have been what some people were advising me to do, is basically just burn his bridge. Like even my friends who have positive relationships with their dad, they're like, Rashan, he upsets you so much, just leave it. But because I just, I just saw, I just, I just wished and hoped for more. I'm able to get to where we are now. And I don't even know how we got to how we are now. Do you get what I mean? i was mean? just gonna ask like, you
0: how you got
1: there. I don't even know. You know, I don't know. I think maybe my aunt that I talked to you about a lot. Maybe she's got something to do with it, and I just don't know. Because I know that's something that, I know that her seeing us have conflict is something that really, really upsets her. Because me and her would only ever argue if it was to do with my dad. Because she'd always side with him. And I used to find it really frustrating. Like, even if he was wrong, she would be like, but this happened to him when he was a child. Or, like, something like that. That was just really irritating. But now he's literally like my best friend. So sometimes it's like, the point that I'm making is, is that with forgiveness, it's it really does depend on the person and the situation. And I think where you, are, where you are at, because something could happen to you today that I could do as an example, that you could be like, I can't believe she's done that. How could she do that with me? I would never do that again. And in five years time, you're like, actually looking back, I get it now. She done that because of this. That's not how I would have handled it, but I get why she did that. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, it's funny. And at that point, when you get that clarity, you're like, I can move on from it and forgive them, but you just don't know you're going to get there. Mm.
0: It's funny because I think for me I had a very similar situation with my dad. Where growing up, same like we did not like each other. There would be months that would go by. We grew up in the same house, did not, or I would I grew up in the same house as him, and we would not speak for months at a time. And it was really like your aunt said about understanding his upbringing and why he was who he was that made me able to let go of certain things that had happened between us even though he didn't necessarily change his behavior i mean i'm assuming your dad has become better in terms of not disappointing you and stuff like that or is it that he's just you've you've come to a better understanding of how he is
1: no 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 he's like he's definitely no it's the first one like he's come to a better like he's he's active he's actually like the thing is he's, i've always said to my friends my dad's always been there he just hasn't always felt like he's been there Mm. whereas now I know he's there like I talk to him I think every single day do you get what I mean he knows what's going on in my personal life romantic school not school romantic work finance like he knows everything before he didn't know like he came to my graduation I don't know if he even knows that I graduated (laughs) but but I know that I was on his WhatsApp picture for like days afterwards and he he was the proudest dad in the world, but not knowing what he was proud for. Do you get what I mean? Like, <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, like, yeah, at that yeah. time, when he, came, when he came to the graduation, I was like, well, let me tell you, this is a sidetrack, but I'll quickly tell you the story. I was adamant he wasn't coming. <laughs> I was like, he can't come. I didn't get him a ticket to come. I got bare extra tickets. And then my aunt, yeah, remember I told you before how she always used to get in the middle of it. She was like, oh, I need a spare ticket to give to my daughter so she can, so she can drive me down. And I was like, okay, no problem. I'll get it, I'll get it for you. The day before, unfortunately, she's unable to come. So your dad's going to have to bring me. I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> Someone else can bring you. She's like, oh, the it would just be really nice if he was there. And then when he came, it literally was so nice. Like, when he came, he paid for it. There was like 10 of us. He paid for all of our meals. Like, when we went out for a meal, he paid for everyone to eat. He paid for all the pictures to come. So all of my photos that I got, I got because of him. And I got loads of them. Do you get what I mean? So it ended up being a good time. But even though that happened, I still hadn't forgiven him. For a lot of things then, but I just but it's just interesting about this topic that that came into my head now because it's like there's a lot of things that before I didn't realize that, that I didn't realize until today that I've actually forgiven him for now.
0: Mm. And you guys, I mean, how's that working out in terms of lockdown? Because obviously, I know you've been kind of going back and forth between houses, and how are your relationships both lives and sham with your parents? Because both of you are isolating with your parents, right?
2: Um, yeah. I've always lived at home with both my mum and my dad. Um, My older brother moved out um, into his own flat about two years ago. And I was just, um, I think it's so funny, all three of us have complicated relationships with our fathers. Trauma!
1: next week's episode daddy Um, oh my god we
2: have to do a daddy issues oh stop it now but yeah um and I think similarly to what you guys have said as I've got older I've um become more understanding to um his behavior is a direct reflection of his um his childhood and his adolescence and things he went through that he never came to terms with. And, you know, realising your parents are human beings and they were human beings before they became parents and they had their own skeletons in the closet. Um, but... Uh, this whole conversation has just reminded me of a meme that I'm going to read out. Because when I saw it, I was like, wow, who has come from my neck
0: today? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so like the meme is like um, a mother and a daughter sitting on a sofa together watching TV. But just for the purposes of this conversation, imagine it's a daughter and her father. Um, and the father okay. says, why can't we ever talk to each other openly? And the daughter said, for us to bond like that, I need, to, I need you to acknowledge a lot of things you did for me, did to me as a child that truly hurt me and still do to this day. I don't, want to go, I don't want you to go through that level of guilt and discomfort, though, but that also means part of me will always, be, will always resent you for making those mistakes. It's probably easier to pretend neither of us are hurt by this. And then the next frame, the mum's like, oh, I like this show. And the daughter's like, yeah, I thought you would. That is me and my dad. <laughs>
1: Yeah, (laughs) there's Uh. so many
2: things that like are just like I don't even I just don't I don't want to hurt him so I don't go there but then by not doing it I hurt myself yeah yeah and that is a very complicated aspect of forgiveness because I think I have forgave him because I the older I've got the more I've understood who he is as a a person especially taking into consideration Uh. our parents were from a generation where mental health was just like wasn't even on the table, like, wasn't even, like, Mm. a a thing to consider, whereas we're being a lot more open to that and PTSD and trauma and et cetera, et cetera. So I've become more understanding um, and I've had to forgive in order to protect my own peace. But there's definitely definitely lots of stuff which has been unsaid, I think, on both our sides.
1: Mm. I think it's interesting that you say that, yeah, because sometimes I'll be watching, like, these deep programmes or these deep shows, and I'll message my dad and be like, Dad, I watched this today and made me think about when X, Y, Z happened to you, or when X, Y, Z happened to us. Can we talk about it one day? And he's always like, yeah, of course, when you're ready. (laughs) Like, when you're ready, when you're ready. But he's never ever propped to have that conversation. And I think neither have I. Do you get what I mean? And, like, when I'm listening to you reading, like, uh, what you just read out the meme, it really reminded me of the fact that we've never done it. And I feel like I haven't done it because I'm scared for what's going to come out. Do you get what I mean? Like, I'm scared of, like... It's, it's a weird one because I know that on the other side of that conversation there's a lot of peace and there's a lot of clarity, so I should want to rush to do it. But I feel like I know... It's a bit like when we had that um, episode of Vix and was talking about therapy, and I was like, I know that once I start talking, I'm going to have to deal with a lot of stuff that I have de- that I feel like I've dealt with or that I've buried or that he's buried. Do you get what I mean? And, like, having a conversation with your dad... In my opinion, obviously, I don't know about you guys' relationships, but for me, it it seems a bit more harder than to have it with my mum because if I had a conversation with my mum and she cried, we'd probably just hug. Do you get what I mean? Or, like, it would seem more natural because I'm stereotyping her because she's a woman. Whereas if I had a conversation with my dad and he cried, I don't know what what the hell I would do. Mm. And also, it would just seem so alien-like because (laughs) I've never seen him in such a vulnerable position. Do you get what I mean? It's interesting because I think what, just to...
0: speak on that the I think the shift for my dad and I was actually when he got sick so I mean there were steps leading up to it where we had small conversations but in terms of me really unloading how I felt and then him being able to respond to it in a really like open and honest way um, and it was scary and I think the reason as I, as you said I didn't bring it up before I didn't Discussed it before because he just didn't seem open or vulnerable. And I guess him being sick made him vulnerable or made him seem more vulnerable to me, which made the conversation that much easier to have. And I will say that even though it was hard, I think it definitely, I mean, he's gone now, right? So there's no benefit for him. But for me, just being able to say it out loud definitely made a huge difference, not just in terms of forgiving him, but in terms of being able to reflect on how I forgive other people as well, particularly in the context of like romantic relationships. So you're right. I think there is a lot of peace on the other side. And I think if, you know, one day, if if anybody gets the bravery to have those discussions, I would definitely encourage that on both sides.
2: Now, I was just going to say one of the things that I find really um, uncomfortable and difficult, and I'm not sure if you had similar experiences, um, because my dad has always physically been there. Like you mentioned that you and your dad grew up in the same house. And obviously, it's the same for me. Like my my parents are still together. Like we, we've always been the same family unit. Um, it's really difficult to like criticize him because you don't want to seem ungrateful because he's always been there for me as a father should be in the physical sense, like always made sure I was fed and I was healthy and financially stable and whatever. Um, And then people would say, oh, you're such a daddy's girl. And I'd be like, bro, if you knew. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just really uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) because And it's really uncomfortable to like criticize a parent who is doing everything a parent on paper should do. Is meant yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that because I feel like there's a lot. I've got a lot of friends who, growing up, I
1: just always assumed was close to their mums because their mums would come to parents' evening or do the things that mums are meant to do, quote unquote, or expected to do. And like when I talk to them now, they're like, I hate my mum, or we have a toxic relationship, or I haven't spoken to her properly. In the last three years, the house has been tense, but when you're in their environment, it feels like it's fine because obviously everyone puts on that brave mask. Do you get what I mean? And I think that it's interesting because I think, as you said earlier, I think it was Lives that said it about being a parent and that these people are they're human beings. They're gonna make mistakes. They're gonna, you know, there's, there's not it's not gonna be a smooth sailing. But I think there's so much responsibility that comes on them, and I think it it gets easier. Or well, in my experience, it gets the more I get. It's weird. For me, I feel like as I grow older, I clock bare things that were fucked <laughs> like when I was younger. <laughs> but then I also clock bare things where I'm like, wow, you did that at this age. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm this age and you had to endure all of that or you experience all of that. Or like the contrary, where it's like, I can't explain it what I'm trying to say. I lost my train of thought. But what I'm saying is, is that like sometimes I think. You, you I feel like it's sometimes 50-50 of where you can see why the person act, is acting like that. But then because you have so much expectations on them as the father or the mum, it's like hard to forgive them because it's like, but you're my dad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think... Does that make sense? No, that made perfect sense. Um, I think it, just to respond to Liz's point about, you know, growing up with your dad and yeah, on surface, my dad did do all of the things like your dad in terms of he was at my... Uh, sports days and he came to my recitals and he was just physically present we had dinner together every night we had a very like quintessential conservative family setting but I think for me um, the discussion was more important because the truth is that you're hurt you know what I mean and I think if you approach it as in the sense like you're not criticizing him so for me when I was actually ready to have that conversation every conversation prior I recognized that I was criticizing him and I was like shouting and screaming and being angry whereas when we actually sat down and had the conversation or the series of conversations where I came to a better understanding of who he was and I guess vice versa it was more like dad how come this happened or do you know that we all feel this way and we don't really know why we feel this way do you do you know that we feel this way? Like, how do you feel about it? And it was more of an exchange rather than me just, like, offloading on him. Because
2: uh, it's really not criticising
0: him, right? Because you love him and you think he's a good dad. But there are just things that are unsettled or unfinished that you want to get off your chest. This is the
2: Dope Black Women Podcast. So, I mean, having said that... um, how do you guys feel about forgiveness? How is forgiveness translated for you in your romantic relationships, past and present?
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: where do you want to stop? The trauma, the
2: trauma. I mean, so what is a situation that sticks out to you where you've forgiven someone um, and did you do it because you wanted to or did you do it because you felt like you had to?
1: I feel like I find it quite easy to forgive. You know, like really, really easy to forgive. I feel like I'm very like empathetic. Right always I think my issues is I'm actually too forgiving. You are very forgiving. So like for every scenario that happens, I'll be like, this person might have done this because of that. So if someone if someone was like really rude, I'll be like, they're probably having a bad day. They might have other stuff going on in their personal life. Do you get know what I mean? So like if I like if you send me a, te- a text message. Mm, I'm going off track here, but I was trying to say. You talk. What did you say again? Um,
2: just about like an example that sticks out to your forgiveness in your romantic relationships.
1: The one I have is a bit deep. Yeah, <laughs> <focus>. <laughs> you can't a so different
0: hilarious. one. <laughs> but I agree with Aisha. No, you you think are I'm a very a forgiving one. person. Um, I don't know if you're too forgiving. Obviously, that's for you to say. But you are a very forgiving person. I think for me, in terms of. Friendships and relationships. Friendships is a hard one because I think um, I've never really, I can literally say that I've only fallen out with one of my friends. And it was in relation to a relationship that I was in. So I think it was more about the relationship rather than the friendship itself. But yeah in terms of relationships i it's funny I, when i started therapy one of the things that i did was i went back to two of my most significant exes and i said to them what was the most difficult thing about dating me like because i was trying to navigate this last relationship that i was in and kind of where i went wrong or what i could have done differently um and both of them said you are literally the most unforgiving person i've ever met like really? <laughs> they were like you are very open, like, because when I meet people, I give them, faith. I, uh, what's the terminology? Uh, I, the benefit yeah, of the doubt. Yeah, I give them the benefits of the doubt. But once you cross that line, and I feel like I can't trust you anymore, it is so hard for me to get back to a place where I feel like we can move forward. And that's something that I need to work on. And I'm sure it stems from daddy issues, as you said, Liz, that we clearly all have. And mommy issues, actually, because <laughs> my mom was extremely unforgiving. And I saw that in the context of my parents' relationship. And I think sometimes now I have to find the balance because I also don't want to become who she was in terms of being so forgiving that I just let people walk all over me in the context of yeah. relationships. Yeah. But then also finding the balance of being able to say, okay, this person genuinely um, has done enough to to do to make things right and I need to let this go and forgive them,
1: and it's interesting. Oh, do you think? Go ahead. Do a lot of people around the, the people that you have around you that are close to you? What are they like when it comes to forgiveness?
2: Um,
1: I think most of them are in the context of relationships.
0: Most of them are cut and dry. Like I've stayed much longer in relationships where people are like, actually, you should have left ages ago.
1: Because I definitely think that plays a part, you know. Yeah, it probably does because people. You listen to the people that are around you, right? Like you take and, and you see, you see certain things. Like I've got a friend, one of my closest friends, and she forgave me for something. Yeah, that if the if the roles are reversed, I would not have forgiven her for. Mm. And if if you know how sick our friendship is, like how lit it, is. it wasn't like, at the time when this happened, it wasn't nowhere near how sick it is now or lit it is now. So there was no real, like, in my opinion, I don't know, hopefully she'll like, this, this get insulted, but in my opinion, there, was, there wasn't as much of a reason to hold on to the friendship as there is, like, if it happened now. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. But, like, she did. And I always look back to that day and just think, if she can forgive me for that, who am I? Like, do you get what I mean? Like... Yeah. It's mm. true. I can't explain it, but that scenario, it really... That, uh, that isolated situation, it really... And the thing is, it's, it's funny, because... When I think about it now, she's actually not a very forgiving person. <laughs> she's she's actually not when I deep it. Maybe she prayed and God told her a message, I don't know. But when I think about it now, I'm so happy she did forgive me in that situation because she's literally, like, such a big part of who I am today. Do you get what I mean? And our relationship's transformed, like, so much now. And and when I look at that scenario, it really inspires me when it comes to forgiving other people because I know that that decision wouldn't have been easy. So for her to do that, it shows a lot about, like, her heart. Do you get what I mean?
0: Is there an element where you feel like if you forgive someone and they do it again, it's just
1: going to be too impactful on you? Romantic, I think when it comes to romantic situations, yeah, but not when it comes to friendships.
0: Liz, what about you? How do you manage forgiveness in other
2: areas? Um, So, I mean, with romantic relationships, I definitely had... So before, so Josh is kind of the first real, serious relationship I've had where, um, we've both delved into trauma in our past, um, and both had to acknowledge how our childhoods have impacted our approach to relationships, and that's been really, really helpful and really, really good. And it was something I never really even done before. Um, so I remember one of my exes. I think how I, how old was I? I think it was nineteen. So. We broke up. Well, he dumped me. (laughs) (laughs) Just being honest. Just being honest. But it's a joke because he cheated on me and then he broke up with me. Hello, hell. (gasps) Asshole. That is a very big L. It's the biggest L of all time. Anyway, so we broke off, called things off. And then maybe six months later, he came crawling back. He came crawling back. As As they they do. And he was like, you know, I'm really sorry. I really want to work things out or at least talk to you and at least, um, you know, be civil with each other. There's so much I want to explain to you. Right, 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 right. And I was like, no, <laughs> goodbye. I don't like I don't forgive you and I don't care. And I'm not like I don't like I don't want to talk to you ever again. And then about six months after that, I don't know what it was. I think I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw his picture or something. And I was like, do you know what? I really did love this boy and I feel like I need to forgive him in order to find peace within myself. It's that thing about, you know, Mm. how people say jealousy is swallowing poison and hoping the other person dies. I feel like Mm. not forgiving someone has the same kind of element to it. Um, Mm. So I realised that in order to truly move past the relationship and find peace within myself, I had to forgive him. So I messaged him and I was like, look, let's grab a drink. I know there's some things you want to say, there's some things I want to say, and maybe we can come to some kind of better understanding of each other. And it was a really mature conversation. And at the end of it, I was like, you know, like I do forgive you. Um, And I just felt felt so much more at peace after that conversation.
0: You know, what's funny is that I literally have done the same thing, and the response has been completely different. Oh no! So I was going out with this guy for a long time. He also cheated on me and then dumped me. What?
2: <laughs> the, the audacity?
0: The audacity but then of men. Started, then started dating the girl that he cheated on me with. Stop right? it now. Shan knows who I'm talking about
1: already. In my head, I was like, do I know? Then I was like, let me just be quiet.
0: <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> so anyway, so
0: months passed by, I had blocked him off of everything, whatever, whatever. And then I said, you know what? I feel like I've forgiven him. Let me unblock. I don't need to engage, but let me just stop the anger and the hatred for myself. Comes back, he's like, you know, I really miss you. I wanna talk things through. We should talk about we should talk about We should we should figure things out, let's see what can happen. So I was like, cool, let's have a conversation started having this conversation we're chatting things felt like normal like back to how it was when we we're dating and i was like all right cool at least maybe we can get to a place where maybe we could get back together down the line but you know at least we're starting from a place of friendship uh-huh. so I was like okay well let's talk about what you wanted to talk about mute deaf dumb blind, <laughs> no words out of his mouth for like 10 15 minutes and i'm like so where is this conversation going what's happening nothing and he was just like i just and it just went back to normal for me now it's about how you demonstrate the intention of wanting forgiveness like you need Mm. to be really genuine and authentic and be like certain about there's actually something that the dope black dads posted about how to apologize and it's like Mm. stating what you've done wrong um giving the person space to vent or to say how they feel and then actually making a tangible plan as to how you're going to seek forgiveness or how you're going to make amends. And so I think it's really easy for people to say, I'm sorry, but how are you going to make it better? You know, if you want mm-hmm. to maintain a friendship or a relationship with me in whatever capacity, whether it's a friend or a boyfriend, I think I need to see like actual Behaviors that show that you've changed before we can even mm. have a discussion about like lives and her ex had.
1: And I think that's because forgiveness is meant to breed peace. Like you forgive someone, you're at peace. And I guess if unless someone gives you that clarity you need, which might be physical, which might be emotional, or in whatever whatever sense, but when when someone actually acts different or actually shows amends, like what you were just saying, mm. then you can be at peace with it because you're like you. You're not telling yourself oh this person isn't going to do it again you've seen them do you know what I mean? yeah there's a certainty you do you know what i mean
0: yeah there's a certain level up there's a certainty that you have that this person has actually changed it's not just words
1: but on that note of um apologizing you know there's that
2: um the five love language oh yeah is. have you heard about this? I've heard if, like people tweet they're like blah blah is my love language but <laughs> I didn't know there were five official no but they've uh,
1: when it you was. go onto it there's nothing about that to, to, so not, you don't need to know what it is te- technically for the context but that like co- um, brand or company or whatever when you go onto their site they now have quizzes so they've got yeah. a quiz for like anger and for apologising oh do and they? I've done the apologising yeah I've done the apologising one the other day with the guy that I'm seeing hmm. or whatever yeah so first of all, I don't know how we end up with the same thing, but like, no, let me not be negative. Let me <laughs> not So anyway, I've done it with I've done the quiz with the guy that I'm seeing, and then it made me really understand like how they do why they do certain things and vice versa. Do you get what I mean? So like sometimes someone will say someone will try to amend something or apologise, but it's not in the way that you understand an apology to be. So I'm just gonna say those quizzes are actually quite useful because it makes me. It's made things a lot more easier. So
0: I took the love languages test, but I didn't know that there was one for apologies and anger. I'm definitely going to check that out.
1: Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Although what his result was, I don't think he does. But anyway, we moved. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what do you do when the person isn't there to give you closure? Like if the person's passed away, or I don't know if you've ever experienced this, where the person's just not... Like suppose that guy had never come back to you, like or he was just never in contact. How do you find the forgiveness without the person giving
2: you that I mean um it goes back to closure right and closure isn't always something you're going to receive on your terms and that can be a really hard pill mm. to swallow um very hard <laughs> <laughs> but you're at the end of the day you're only cursing your own peace and your own future peace by wishing mm. for something that may not even happen so someone could and, and it can happen both ways as well. So, like, you can apologise huh. and someone can be like, I don't forgive you. That's a hard pill to swallow as well. Yeah. So... Oh, I'm mad I don't want that one. Because you're like, <laughs> damn, this didn't go half it go. Like, just forgive me. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, the person who's been hurt um, should be the person in control. But sadly, like, it's a situation where... It relies on both people to be on the same page and that doesn't always happen. So, you know, I could really want someone who's hurt me to apologise and apologise, going back to love languages, apologise in a way that is up to my standard and that might just never come. And equally, you can apologise to someone and they could be like, it isn't good enough. I'm not satisfied. Um, So, yeah, I mean, closer is a weird one because... Ish. Closure is overrated, boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's never going to happen how you planned it to. So how do you guys apologise? Like, what is a good apology for you?
1: Do you know what? Yeah. I don't know. Because the other day I had a conversation with one of my friends who we fell out. I don't even know when we fell out, but not for that long. And what happened was, it was like the situation with Liz that Liz spoke about. So she had sent me a, m- a message... And she was explaining like things that she thought that she felt like I had done wrong, but she had never communicated these to me over a long period of time. Do you get what I mean? And I really hate stuff like that. So when I read the message, I was like, I haven't got time for this, and then kind of just left it. But I also, know, I could also tell from her message, she didn't really have time for it either. Do you get what I mean? And
2: then, so do you think she was like, when, oh, uh, do you think in her head she's like, on. well, I apologize. Even if it was a really rough. No, 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 but it wasn't even like that. This, this is at the stage
1: of conflict. So, like, I've messaged her, like, normally, and then she's messaged me back, like, a bit confused while I'm being normal. Do you get what I mean? And then, after some time, she sent me this paragraph explaining all these things that i had done wrong. But I'm saying, like, this is the, this is the issue with forgiveness, is because, because she had built it up this whole time rather than saying anything. By the time she got to that conversation, she wasn't even trying to hear my side. Do you get what I mean? She just wanted to lay it out, and that was it. And then, from my perspective, because you've held it in for the whole time, I didn't even have the energy, because where I was at that time, I didn't have the energy to have that sort of conversation. Do you get what I mean? But then it was like, time passed on, and it came to International Women's Day, uh, just gone, in March. And on Snapchat, it does this thing where it tells you, like, a year ago what you posted. And a year ago, I must have posted something about her that was, like, a proper... Like, a long message just saying how lit she is, basically... And it made, it just made me think like, if something happened to her, I would not forgive myself for not reaching out to trying to make peace, even though she really showed me she didn't want to have peace. Do you get what I mean? And then like I messaged her, um, I sent her a screenshot of the the Snapchat and I was like, oh, um, I just want to say that everything's good on my side. Something like, I can't remember what I said, but something like, I just want to say that everything's good on my side. And um, I'm thankful for all the times that you was there. And then she ended up calling me. And then from then, we've just been back to normal. Do you get what I mean? And it's like, no one had to say, I'm sorry, or I forgive you. But clearly, we was forgiven. And then there was a time when we was talking on the phone. And I said to her, like, do you want to have a conversation about what happened? And she was like, to be honest, I don't really think we need to. But if you want to, we can have it. And then we ended up having one. And it was just like the best thing ever. Because we had it in a space where we were both ready to have it in. We'd already forgiven each other. So it was just about understanding. So like when I messaged her... I. Because you know that when you type, yeah? Like, I type a lot. So things come up in this long paragraph. It says, read more. Put you beef beefing your friends, yeah? Or this conflict that you see, read more. You naturally get defensive when you're reading it. doesn't matter who you are. You naturally, your guard's up. So I, I sent a message and I put another message and I said, disclaimer. I sent her a voice note, I think. And I was like, just so you know, this was written in this tone. I'm on good vibes, good energy. <laughs> but I just want, this is not about me accusing you. She's about me getting my point across. And in her response, before she started, she said the same thing. Just so you know, it's not me being defensive. I'm just um, responding to what you said. And was able to really come to an understanding that everything was just, just over miscommunication. And we was able to then even say, like, OK, moving forward, I need you to be more um, this, and I need you to be more that. Do you get what I mean? And now I can handle my heart and say, that situation will probably never arise again. But it, but it came from, a t- like, having to take time out Faster, own for to forgive each other and then having a conversation with, like afterwards. I'm making sense. i got a really bad mind going this whole podcast. <laughs> so even I'm, like, I'm making sense. No, you sense. are, you <laughs>
0: are.
1: <laughs> no, you're making sense,
0: yeah. It's really interesting what you said, Shan, actually, because for me, I think sometimes when we're in the mode of forgiveness or wanting to be forgiven or wanting an apology it's all about time like how quickly are they going to do it and for me sometimes urgency is a sign of forgiveness or intention but actually you're right and I agree with you sometimes people just need time to let the anger go before they're able to have that conversation and so that's actually really interesting but um and so maybe that's the biggest thing I've learned about forgiveness today is that time heals most things and if you give things enough time, you can find forgiveness. Um, any final thoughts, guys? What's the biggest thing you've learned about forgiveness just in general over the years? Um,
1: I'd probably say that sometimes it's, it's a selfish way to look at it, but you know I'm all about my own psyche and my own mental health. But forgiveness is about your own peace of mind sometimes. So but change the power dynamic. If, if Rosie and, and Tim have an argument... <laughs> And Rosie decides to forgive Tim. Oh, it's not better for Tim, it's better for, it's better for Rosie. Do you get what I mean? Because the peace of mind she has, the way her, her heart feels, the way her mental state feels, is so much better than her having this resentment and heart towards Tim. Do you get what mm. I mean? I think a lot of people look at forgiveness as it's a benefit for the other or person. Or that you're giving it's up. It's actually not. The gr- yeah, or you're giving up, or you're weak, or that they're winning. It's not about winning. When, when your psyche is good and you're in a good place... You're the real MVP. You are the real Ooh, winner. Do you yes. know what I mean? And the Bible Go tells on, you, Rosie. yeah, that if he sins against you seven oh, times oh. in a day, and comes back to you seven times, <laughs> then you got to say, "I repent and forgive him each time." Yeah. All right, Madge, <laughs> you, that,
2: you're done now. Big up, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that was um, the final thing that I would just add is, um, just like. Uh, understand what your own terms are and what your own lines are because you there may be things that you think, you know, I can never forgive this person for something and that's okay as well. Like, you don't always have mm. to take the moral high ground and be the bigger person. Fuck being the bigger person sometimes. Like, <laughs> it. sometimes, like, if someone has really hurt you, you don't have to pretend that you're okay with it. You can be like, actually, no, I mm. haven't forgiven you until... Either they prove that they really understand where you're coming from or maybe that moment never happens. And I think that for a lot of women that translates into relationships where they're like, he's changed. He ain't changed. He ain't changed. He's just apologised again and he bought you flowers. We've been down this road before. So, um, yeah forgiveness definitely knowing what it means all right stop triggering me
0: yeah i hate empty gestures empty gestures are the worst like don't buy me flowers (laughs) when you cheated on me how is that gonna help (laughs) tell me you're gonna go to therapy tell me you're gonna you know be more transparent in your behavior sending me my favorite snacks is not a way to demonstrate change they did yeah yeah, it has to be something personal and something that's specific to the to the problem at hand. Yeah, it can't just be like, I, there's this meme of this guy wearing like a sign on his chest and he's like, I, yeah, I the one with the mole," and this is my punishment. <laughs> that's what, that is so
2: and embarrassing um, for both of them. I think so, yeah. <laughs>
1: And she's proper smiling, cheesing ear to ear. And that, that's an example of what I'm saying. Like, the forgiveness is about power in that sense. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I was saying
0: like, that's more embarrassing because for you than it is for me. It's like, yeah, you're oh, that
1: him ridiculous top. It's ridiculous. Like, forgiveness is meant to be sincere. She doesn't have no sincerity. You're forgiving. You're trying to forgive him, but you're making him walk around to be laughed at and yeah. be somewhat abused or whatever by people that are going to bump into him. It's not about that. Like... As I said, that's the very start of the conversation. You can't forgive someone and then bring it back up. But those are the worst types of people. I don't know if you just say bitter in your heart, bitter babe.
0: <laughs> yeah, to me, that's not forgiveness. That's just control. Like, you just literally want to make that person so far.
1: Yeah, it's my at yeah. Anyway,
0: guys, this was a very intense, cathartic, deep, <laughs> triggering conversation.
1: We had some daddy issues to the, this, to the, that. No, cheating. I feel like I've <laughs> genuinely
0: learned a lot from this conversation, just in terms of how you guys manage forgiveness and how I can incorporate that into my own space. So thanks guys, I feel like this was really helpful to my personal trauma that I'm going through right now, actually.
2: (laughs) Glad you could help.
0: Um, But thanks.
2: This session will be 20 pounds if you just wanna PayPal me, that'd
0: be great. Look, I don't have a therapist right now because I can't afford one. So this is my only form of therapy, okay? (laughs)
1: It's all right. Each week, we'll talk about something else that can help you with your your, uh, sessions. This is Dope Black Chat.
0: So this week on the Dope Black Chat, we're discussing something that's been coming up a lot on Twitter recently. Very much in the vein of cancel culture, we see that people have been pulling up old clips of America's Next Top Model with Tara Banks and showing some really problematic behavior um, about the way she treated some of the women that came on the show, particularly around um, kind of physical appearance. So there's one girl, for instance, that is chastised because she has a gap tooth, which I personally take offense to. Um, (laughs) And then there's stuff where she's like telling women to be more Afrocentric, but then simultaneously putting women in blackface, which is absolutely insane. So I don't know if you guys have seen
2: this stuff that's been on Twitter. Yeah, there's been so many mad things. Like, um, it's like one episode she was like, oh, um, you know, you're never going to make it if you're not willing to like experiment with your hair. And she made her kite all off for nothing. <laughs> like for one round, for one for one like uh, episode. That's mad, you know, her whole head gone. Now she's bored. Was she white? I can't remember what she was.
0: Most of the women... Oh, well, I was going to say most of the women that get their hair cut on that show end up crying or leaving the show at some point in time, I feel like. But it's funny because Leanne, our producer, said this earlier. I remember watching this when I was growing up and there is legit an episode where she makes white women model as African-Americans or Polynesians or whatever and I was like, it didn't even register to me that that was blackface at the time. And I'm like, who? how old was I? What was I thinking? How was this allowed on national television and embraced? It's so crazy to me. But I'm wondering if she did it because she felt like she needed to do it to be successful or whether she just didn't have the awareness at the time as a black woman, you know? It's it's like, how much pressure was she under to make this work?
2: Um. I don't know, I suppose because there wasn't many black women on television, it's almost like she was given a free pass to do things that, looking back, were definitely problematic. But it's because she was one of so few faces that were recognisable to, you know, women like us, that we were willing to overlook things she did that was problematic. Because some of the stuff was really, really out there. Like, and she was such a drama queen as well, like a proper theatre kid. She was forever pretending to faint or that she had some kind of disease or condition. And like, she was just moving mad. Like, I remember there was one episode, yeah, Obviously, all the girls who get in, they get an envelope and it has a picture of their face in it. And it's like, right, you're through to the next challenge. And the girls who don't get in, they open the envelope and it's just a plain white piece of paper. And obviously, they're really upset. And then (laughs) after all that trauma and after the girls who didn't get in have kind of acknowledged, okay, fine, this is the end of the road for me. She says, just kidding. And the girls who have the plain white piece of paper have got through to the next challenge. And the girls who have their picture are out like she's just, just fucking with people left right and center. <laughs> no, but that to be
1: honest that like, is TV. Like that's that's probably producers. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. But she did do some things that kind of advanced the culture, right? So she was the first person to bring Takara that uh plus size black model one one year, I think, I don't remember which year it was, but she went on to have a really successful career and I would arguably say that she was one of the first Mm -hmm. darker skinned, full figured models to like really break through in the industry. Like she had a, I think she was on the front cover of Vogue and all this kind of stuff. So I mean, and I think she attributes that success to Tyra, whereas obviously there are other women like Yaya, who's also successful in terms of being an actress for sure. And I think that other girl as well. What's the girl that has um, Vitiligo, uh, who's quite popular? Winnie Harlow. Yeah. Both of them have said that ANTM actually was to their detriment in terms of their career. So yeah, both of them have come out and said like, Tyra didn't help me. So I don't know. It's a tricky one. But yeah, people are pulling up these videos and honestly, they're They're scary, but they're also mildly entertaining because I can't believe somebody would be so... Like, she's so crazy. Anyway, um, so I think that's us for for now. Um, So thanks so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. On Twitter and Instagram, we are Dope Black Women One, and on Facebook, we're just Dope Black Women. We will be back with you next week, but until then, stay blessed and unapologetically black.
2: All the way black. Blackity black. Black Tastic. Black Tastic. <laughs> I kind of like that we don't say it in sync. I think it's quite cute. Like, obviously, we're over Zoom, um, and it kind of adds to it, it adds to the authenticity.